We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, episode 31, and we have a great one for you this week. It is the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Nick Foligno joins us in the garage. We're going to crack open a cold one with Nick and talk about his career, Ottawa to Columbus and becoming the captain of the Jackets and having an an all-star team named after him. And plus, we'll get into what life was like in the bubble and his impression of how the Jackets season went. Plus, as always, our Garage Beers of the Week. So, Come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. All right, and welcome, everybody, to the Garage Beers podcast, episode number 31. With you, as always, your host, Michael Keefe. You can find me at on Twitter at, the, at Garage Beers Mike. What is my handle? At Garage Beers Mike on twitter uh you can find the show on twitter at the garage beers you can find us on on instagram at the garage beers and then you can also find us on facebook go follow those pages um and and make sure you subscribe to the page as well um with me as always my two spectacular co-hosts uh first of all over on the east side of cleveland they call him chad exotic chad meyer what's going on chad guys like why is it that like women can like can talk for like hours on end uh, you, you like just sit there and talk for hours on end like i mean i know like wine's involved but like the gossip portion of women just really confuses me like i don't like i can't even sit there for like 20 minutes without wanting to get up and do something Dude, like well, how can you do that how i i think you're misguided i think you're misguided you the we you we sit here and talk sports for hours on end. Uh, well, well no, I listen. listen. I I haven't seen my roommate in like three months. Right, he came back this week. <laughs> we spent the entire yeah. weekend not talking and playing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so then, okay. So that begs the next question, because Chad, you kind of just chucked out women out there. Uh, but doesn't that seem like the the weird thing is on the other side? Like you haven't seen your roommate for three months, and you were just like, "Hey, what's up? What are you doing this weekend? Where are we dropping? You you want a beer? Pretty much. Like yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's because it's sports. Maybe it's because I'm something interested. Like for instance, like the wife had a friend over, 
and like she came over at like 3 30 and didn't leave till like 8 30 but they just sat there the whole time and talked like they only got up to pee but and then just talked about everything like i don't have that much stuff to talk about well maybe it's because the friend that Maybe it's because the friend is enjoyable. Like, Chad, if you come over to my house at 3.30, you are out at 4. <laughs> well, that's, that's not because I don't have anything. That's not because I don't have anything to say. That's probably because I offended somebody. <laughs> yeah, like you're trying to do right now. Yeah. All right, so Chad at Garage Beers. Chad, just thinking of existential questions of the differences in, in the sexes and genders. Uh, so, you know, we'll, hopefully that doesn't continue throughout the podcast, but you can find him on Twitter at garage beers, Chad, and then back, uh, after, uh, one episode off from Nashville, Tennessee, Joey Whalen at garage beers, Joe on Twitter. What's going on, Joey? We're back in the driver's seat, uh, shitty internet and all, um, uh, interesting thing that happened to me this weekend, aside from playing video games for almost the entire time, did take a break (laughs) to go kayaking, kayaking and what it's. Well, this is airing on October 1st, uh, but it's still the end of September. Uh, but we were kayaking, and we found a phone at the bottom of the river, and it still worked. We were able to charge it, put it in some rice, charged it. It was in one of those like little like seal bags, and we called like the guy that owned the phone, and he's like, oh, my God, I forgot I forgot that. He lost it in June. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that. Sitting at the bottom, (laughs) sitting at the bottom of the river since June. That must not have been a very deep river if you were able to see it. Well, it was. I mean, it was. It wasn't super deep. It was. It was like four feet, but it was crystal clear. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I like that saying. I'm going to start saying that. I forgot. I forgot that. Yeah. (laughs) No, because his wife was on the phone too. So many layers. You remember you lost your phone like in June? He's like, huh? No. She's like, oh, no, you lo- you lost your phone. He's like, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess I did. Huh, that's oh, yeah. All right, and before we get into our Garage Beers of the Week, we're going to bring in our special guest uh, because he's going to join us for our Garage Beers of the Week segment, and we are so excited. Uh, it's an incredible uh, special guest we have here on the podcast. Again, if you're a hockey fan, you know him as the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I called him uh, an Ohio hockey legend at this point. He is certainly a fan favorite. And just, uh, you know, I, I like how, how Chad described him, just a legendary human. Just a, just a legendary human. We got Nick Foligno on the podcast. Nick, what's going on? <laughs> that's, uh, that's as good an intro as I've ever heard. So thank you. I'm doing well, man, just day by day. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, just uh, not gearing up for a hockey season. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was saying I just, you know, it's, it's weird right now with just not having that time of year where we're we're getting ready to go i mean we're really a week out from probably playing our first game so uh you know being at home and and taking the kids to school and activities and uh you know it's it's taking some getting used to i'm messing up the routine a little bit in the house but uh you know it's been fun to be around them i wouldn't have it any other way right now so you get like chores in the house oh yeah i got tons of chores that's a honeydew list mile long for all the for all the times i've never around to do it so uh she's making up for it but uh it's been fun it's been awesome to be around just just be present for the kids especially now are there times where she gets annoying she's just like don't you have training to do like shouldn't you just <laughs> that's the best part i i see they're like I, I need to go do something and then if i'm not doing anything it's like where, can you be somewhere else right now can you just get out of my face so i think she's not used to having me around either so it's pretty funny that uh you can't, I can't even be in the right place at the right time right now, but uh, we're getting used to it. And 
Uh, but no, we're having a ton of fun. It's been, uh, I think, a crazy time in the world for everybody. And uh, I think we count our blessings every time we, we look around and realize that we have our health and uh, we're able to be together as a family, which I think is, is, is so special. I could see I could now, have added that to your intro. I could have been like laundry expert extraordinaire. <laughs> Dream folder extraordinaire. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm trying to pull my weight here. Uh, it's uh, it's been interesting. A couple times I screwed up, but that's how you learn. Mistakes are just learning. Uh, now, fair. are you up in Canada? Are you up in Canada? Or are you still in Columbus? I'm back in Columbus. Uh, the school year started for us, so uh, thankfully our kids were able to go back full days, which was awesome. I think for my wife's sanity nice. and uh, and mine. Um, so yeah, we have two in in school right now and uh, one in preschool. So we're we're a couple of days a week where we have no kids for about three hours. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. Just frolicking around the house. <laughs> yeah. this is amazing. It, it never goes the way you expected it to, but it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, just we got to get into laundry. our, it's more time. What'd you laundry. say? Just more time for laundry. That's all. Yeah. Again, we can, we can just dive deep into laundry. I, I'm a, I am a, an expert folder. I, I do think laundry is the best of all the chores because you can say you're doing laundry when all that really means is you're putting something into a machine and then watching TV. That's the best. Yeah. It's, Even folding. it's the world's greatest it chore. It takes you four hours to fold clothes. It's great. And then my wife, like my wife will be gone for the day and I'll get the laundry done and she'll be like, she'll come home so grateful. Yeah. Like, Oh, you did the laundry today. I'm like, Oh, hard work. I did it. Smart smart man. Smart man. I got to learn from you. I got a few things to learn from you. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to, you said mistakes are just learning. I'm learning all the time. So, yeah. So we, this is not called laundry beers. This is called garage beers. Uh, Garage beers podcast and Nick Foligno life coach. Michael. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You wear all hats also. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nick, a solid, mid six figure contract uh, and i am in <laughs> see what i can do covid's uh, hit us hard but fair <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah let's see oh man all right so we're gonna throw it around we're gonna get into our garage beers of the week this week and uh uh nick we always allow our special guest to uh lead things off for off for us so just tell us what you're drinking tell us uh just a little bit about it and uh and yeah. yeah, and then we move on. Well, I gotta crack it first because I was waiting for you guys to ask. But uh, no, I did uh, a Pilsner Raquel. Uh, this actually got introduced to me by a Czech teammate, uh, Milan McCulloch and uh, yeah. Philip Kuba, uh, two guys I play with in Ottawa. And I went out to to have a few beers. We just you know just a couple beers with them one night, and uh, <laughs> they introduced this to me, and it's my been my favorite ever since. So uh, I think before that uh, in Canada, I think it was always like the the cheap malt. Well, domestic beer but it's molson canadian i love that oh yeah so yeah that's my go-to and i'm just you know not when I'm, I'm enjoying myself a little bit more i should say but yeah these are these are definitely a treat and i'm, I'm actually getting into some sours up in uh platform brewery's got uh yeah. my neighbor here yeah dig into those so i'm enjoying those as well if you ever are in the cleveland area if you're digging the sours and again i'm giving you a recommendation i don't even like sour beers it's my one beer <laughs> that i don't dig yeah but uh, not far from Platform, uh, uh, there's a place called Terrestrial Brewery, and they oh, like specialize in sour. They they do a ton of sours. Nice. Uh, that that's good. And then obviously that Platform Platform opened up like a secondary brewery called Funkin Ship. Yeah, they do. I all, think they do all sours. That's the one I had. Those are wild. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I enjoyed them. I think the 
there's a blueberry one and then i don't remember the other one was but uh but really good so i'm, I'm getting in there i'm getting it. i'm not i'm the same as you it kind of took me a while to break That's around good. in the sour world but you're just you're a little more advanced yeah <laughs> very <laughs> distinguished yeah so nick's bringing the check beer uh yeah. joey nashville what do you got down there i have a nashville beer again oh shocking nice. I know nice. it's crazy. Uh, Happen Harry's, uh, Bell Mead Pilsner. Um, it's good. They have a really fancy description on the back that it's made with like the best water and best grains and best hops, but it's it's really good like stadium beer. Uh, I can see myself <laughs> watching water. the puck drop at Nationwide Arena drinking this right here. So uh, that's good. I, I like love that. it. I could drink. Yeah, I could drink quite a few of these. I think. Yeah. All right. Fair. Solid we won't, we, I'm we won't judge that, if you do, man. That's we a that's a long drive though. You could just you could just like go watch the Blue Jackets when they go to to Bridgestone Arena. It's true. Yeah, and it's way closer to you. Stop the Predators! Like <laughs> but we want you time. up here. We want you up here. I'll oh, make well. the trip. Be, be careful what you wish. Be careful what you wish for, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you've only known him for for minutes now. <laughs> but I like Nashville. It's a good town. It's a good town. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Oh yeah. All right, Chad. What is your garage beer of the week? Well, I got a repeater, but for you guys, but this isn't for, uh, for, for Nick, it's new. Um, you know, went to uh, Delaware for vacation this year, Nick, and uh, went to Dogfish Head Brewery. Ooh. And it is, it is the, because uh, it's, it's headquartered there. So I got the Utopius Worldwide Stout here. Oh, no. Um, I don't know if you like stouts or not, Nick, but wow, wow, wee wow, is it strong. <laughs> I do like strong beers, so By the not, last time- I'm dabbling in a few. Last time you oh, had this on the podcast, by the end of the podcast, Chad was in special form. <laughs> and so I'm excited for that. Smart, again. actually. Get the highest well, alcohol well, you can find, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how, I, that's how I used to tailgate. Like, who, like, I don't have to drink all day if I just get four or five, like, 12% beers. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah work smarter, not harder. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This, when we were uh, younger, it was cooler to drink you know, right? 15, oh, yeah. 20 beers. But now it's like four, and that's great, <laughs> yeah. man. If I'm having a good time on four, that's great. Right, right. Well, Nick, the thing is with this one, they didn't even they don't even like list an alcohol content. Like when you're reading the description, it just says it usually comes out somewhere between 17 and 21 percent ABV. <laughs> so okay, that's yeah. that's really strong. That's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're bordering on like a rum. Yeah, which is fine. Well, a bit uh, over wine. You can definitely fine. take. You, you can definitely taste the bourbon in this beer. That's yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You can definitely taste the bourbon. All right, so Chad's back at, at Dogfish, and then I went to Akron, and I got Arche Brewing, uh, which I think we've had on the podcast one time. I think, Chad, you had we this have. one time. Yeah. Uh, Arche Brewing, and this beer is called Twitchy, and it is Ooh. an imperial stout aged on pumpkin pie, spiced coffee beans, and a habanero. Whoa. And it hell? is. Cool can. It's really good. That is actually a really solid can. And it's just a dark twitchy. Oh, that's oh, delicious. God. It's a local Akron, nine and a half percent. Good. It's a it's a good beer. I'm I am thoroughly enjoying this. And and I'm not one of those guys that once fall hits, I can be I can be very basic when it comes to this. I will get into the pumpkin stuff. I, I dive into the pumpkin and this one's really good. He's awesome. a basic bitch with pumpkin beers. <laughs> Correct. Correct. He's a basic Octoberfest kind of guy. That's all right. Yeah, I'm good yeah. with it. I'm all good with it. So uh, so, I'm surprised you aren't 300 pounds with how many dark beers you drink. I just sit there. Just a I, connoisseur. You're a connoisseur. Just, <laughs> that's right. No, Sir, no. I am working yeah. on the 300 yeah. pounds thing. Swish. <laughs> Sip and swish. 
<laughs> I'm doing my best not to go to 300 pounds. <laughs> and when I say solid, doing my best, judge. I don't know if I am. So uh, are there quite a uh, like a quite a few breweries in the Cleveland area that so like that many oh. all over? Yeah. Right? Wow, I know Columbus Nick, is popping Nick. up everywhere, but Nick, Cleveland is so uh, its food and beer scene is so underrated. You, it's it's insane. That's it's awesome. absolutely insane. I'm in, I think yeah. when you and you know, like you've been all over the place. I think when you live somewhere else, you know, if you live in a big, big city, New York, whatever, obviously the food scene's crazy. But I think if you live in a lot of other cities, whether it's like a Nashville or Dallas or something like that, um, you don't realize like Cleveland's food scene. It's got everything. Mm-hmm. It's got everything. And then the breweries are crazy. There, I think there's like 50 breweries in the city. It's uh, crazy. Wow. Uh, you don't realize how good we have it. We, we do yeah. have a good, and you got down in Columbus, they have a good too. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been impressed with Cleveland and the times I've visited. It's a, it's an undercover great city. You know, yeah. just our, even the guys that play for us, uh, you know, come up from, from the monsters. They just say how great of a city it is to play in and how much fun it is. So I know what I think of Columbus and it's great to see Cleveland. Like they, it looks like they're, they're really trying to clean it up and, the areas that are popping up in there too are incredible. It seems like oh. so. It's awesome and we're going to talk yeah. about some of those guys that uh, won the Calder Cup uh, for the Cleveland Monsters a few years Boys. ago, and then yeah. they went ahead and made it. Some of those guys made a name for themselves uh, in this bubble postseason, uh, specifically a goalie making like 158 saves in a game. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to get into that. I don't remember his name, but mm-hmm. no, he's <laughs> everybody knows his name now. Uh, yeah, uh, but those are our garage beers of the week. So cheers to you guys! Uh, cheers. cheers to all the listeners and out there. Cheers, guys! Send us your garage beers. Tell us what you're drinking this week, and send us suggestions. And uh, if you give us a good suggestion, and we drink it on the podcast. We'll give you a shout out. So, um, so Nick, let's just talk about you for a minute um, because you've got you've got a great story. Uh, obviously, uh, born in Buffalo, uh, your dad's. I mean, you guys. It's like the Felinos are taking over hockey. <laughs> uh, your dad played for a long time. He's been involved in hockey forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a great hockey player, uh, coach, scout. Um, I think he's a scout now, right? Yeah, he just uh, now he just switched over to Hockey Canada, so he's working for them now in the nice. Paralympic oh, team. Okay. So it's pretty awesome. He's helping Wait. out those guys and assistant coach, and loves it. Loves every oh, minute of it. How fun so. would that be? Oh, incredible! And he's so good for that. Like he's so it's a. He's a really inspiring guy and has a lot of good motivation to give those players, especially. And uh, I think he's just really enjoying his time there. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, after years of like playing and working in, in yeah. the highest levels of hockey and the stress that that, uh, that that can bring, I mean, to go do something like that with like the Paralympic team and all that has to be just incredible. Yeah, he says it's, a, it's an amazing thing for himself. And, and, he's, and they're incredible athletes too. I, I got to talk to a few of them and – I mean, the, the muscles on these guys' upper body is insane. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel bad. I'm like, oh, man, I should get in the gym after seeing some of these guys. So incredible athletes. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy they're, they're, telling you, they're telling you it's that way. They're, telling, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, like, they're not shy. They're not shy. <laughs> you play in the NHL? <laughs> you yeah, right, biceps right. on top of biceps? I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, my God. Yeah, incredible. But awesome to see. So thanks. Yeah. So it's cool. Like, again, your dad played for a long, long time. Um, and has been involved with it, and then and and then it's you and your brother, which is sweet. Yeah. Your brother Marcus, uh, you guys have both been in the league for a long time now. Uh, 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 Marcus with the Wild now, and and you started with Ottawa, and 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 came down to Columbus. And um, here's the question I have for you and Marcus: 
when it comes to like international play, <laughs> right? Cause you guys have dual, it's like the big thing. You guys have dual citizenship. Yeah, Your parents yeah. are Canadian. You were born in Buffalo. Marcus plays for team Canada in international <laughs> play and you play for team USA. Is that like a, is that a, you guys don't want to play together type deal? Like what caused that? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty hysterical actually. Uh, I, I never, well, I grew up in the States, you know, I'm, I'm older than Marcus by four years. Um, so I, I was just always scouted by, by the U S and, and, you know, I didn't even know there was a team that existed like the U S national program until I got called. And so I went and played for them. And Marcus, when we, my dad moved back to coach the Sudbury Wolves, the junior team that Marcus and I both played for, uh, my mom got sick uh, with cancer. So we went back to our hometown. And uh, so Marcus kind of grew up in Canada from 10 years old on. And, uh, and so I think that's why he just felt probably more Canadian, you know, at that, especially those impressionable years of your hockey when you're 10 to, to 16. And so, yeah, he was scouted by team Canada and I was with you team USA and, I think it's pretty hysterical Two two blood brothers playing on different uh, countries, but um, you know, it's the way it works for our family. And uh, I'm proud of him. I mean, he had a, he's, he's done a really great job in his career and uh, it would be awesome to play together at some point uh, in the NHL, hopefully. But um, yeah, I guess won't, won't ever happen with the, with the international teams. Man, just fierce competition, <laughs> fierce nationalism. The best part pride. is I- my whole family is Canadian though, for the most part. So everybody cheers for him and nobody really cheers for me. So that's kind of the only part that pisses me off to be honest with you. But, uh, but I'm turning them slowly. I'm turning them. I've had more international experience than Marcus, no offense, Marcus, but, um, so I'm slowly turning them. That's the reason you're back in Columbus. You're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got no back. support up here. I'm going back down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen when we played Toronto, how many of my own family members were like, Ooh, I hope you beat them. But I, I'm like, you kidding me? Like you guys should be 100%. Like we're beating the Leafs. You know? I'm your nephew. Uh, yeah. I was like, crazy, crazy. But no, they're, they're unbelievable supporters. I'm just joking. But some of them, I still think they, they bleed bleed Canadian for sure. So unbelievable I'm, supporters I'm, of Canadian hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it runs deep in Canada, man. Can't can't yeah. change people. Uh, I love it. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there were no fights between you and your brother growing up. No, huh? zero. Like, you know, zero. It's zero? so funny. I see it now with, with my own kids. I got two boys and a, my daughter's the oldest, but I got two boys and they just beat the crap out of each other and my wife is like is this normal is this normal and i'm like yeah yeah i mean that's exactly what i did as a kid you know with my and it's so funny too because my my older son is probably like how i my my brother was very big for his age i mean he's almost six four now 230 pounds and i'm six feet i'm the shortest one in my family takes me off but you know for a while it was like he was always like felt like the same height as me so we you know it felt like normal even though he's four years younger I'm like, no, we're the same size. I can beat him up. And uh, so I see that now with my, my youngest is almost the same size as my older one. So uh, it's pretty hilarious when those two go at it and uh, reminds, brings me back right to, right to, you know, those moments. And, and my youngest has already figured out now if he cries and then he gets the older one yelled at exactly what my brother used to do. So he's younger. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't even have sympathy. I feel bad sometimes for my youngest. I'm like, you're just doing it on purpose. Cause I know what it felt like as a kid. So, uh, it's, it's bad, but yeah, like we time, had a lot time of, out a lot of the house. Like you over there in the corner, two minutes, <laughs> two, minutes. Actually, <laughs> two minutes of roughing. Yeah. Well, I actually just, just today I was playing mini sticks with my boys and I, one of them hit another one in the head. I threw him in the penalty box 
But then they thought it was awesome to go to the penalty box. So they just started whacking each other in the head. Oh, great. Like, this is complete <laughs> my God. backfire of parenting I've ever seen in my life. But This is – you. you're raising some Jody Shelley's. Yeah, exactly. We had Jody Shelley on the podcast. Oh, and, you know, best. Mr. Penalty Minutes, Mr. Fights, yeah. you're raising yeah. – he loved being in the box. Oh, and, and could you – is he not the most opposite of, like, what he was like on the – he's the nicest guy ever yeah. off oh, the yeah. ice. Mm-hmm. Like – can, Mr. Nice teeth, Mr. Congeniality, and then you, you see him on the ice, and I was petrified of him when I played against him. So I just I don't get it. I remember when he came to Columbus, and I saw him all manicured up, and I remember him with his long hair, no teeth. I'm like, who are you? Like, what <laughs> happened to this guy? Uh, I was going to say, dude, he's, he's got coming. great lettuce, man. Oh, he's got great lettuce, so even jealous. today. So <laughs> jealous of that hair. Pisses me off. But he's one of the best guys. We've become really good friends, and, uh, yeah, he's he's an animal. Yeah, we were talking about um, we were talking about organizing like a an old school enforcer uh, conference that <laughs> we would all meet up somewhere because that's what he said. We were laughing about that, talking about you know how he was just this ferocious fighter, just setting records for penalty minutes and fights and all that stuff. But he, he that's what he said. He was like, yeah, a lot of those guys, just the nicest guys off the ice. That's just not. But every one of them I met. All the guys that play with that were complete animals on the ice are like the best, best guys off the ice. It makes no sense, but I love it. They had a job to do and they did it well. Yeah. Do you, uh, we talked to him a lot about that role, that enforcer role and how it just isn't there. It's just not the same. There, there may be one or two guys out there that um, yeah. maybe kind of fit that bill, but now it's more of that like pest role. Uh what, what like what happened with that why you know like Jody told us he was like listen the only way I was getting like I knew the only way I was making it to where I was making it was to be that role uh yeah. are players just that much faster and stronger now that that you know the the skill is just well I think our leagues allowed it yeah I think our leagues allowed it uh you know with with the way our rules have gone and everything uh when you look at just you know the weeding out so to speak of the enforcer but i mean i'm i'm old school so i've always felt like it was an important role you know uh, yeah some of the time where you, you have the two fights go and it didn't really matter in the game maybe not but you know those guys they kept everybody honest you know and now you're seeing that test yeah. come about and the guy that can do whatever he wants and doesn't have to answer the bell and um you know it, it can get dangerous because I, I i agree like it's an emotional sport i know a lot of a lot of sports are but this one, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's at the highest of all the sports because of just the, the confrontation at all the time, you know, with, which is at any point of the game, there's a one-on-one battle going on. There's somebody that's trying to take advantage of the other guy. So, you know, the emotions are so, so much heightened in, in our, in our sport. And uh, you kind of need that policing a little bit within our sport. And uh, so, yeah, I, I sometimes get sad that that's gone out of the game because I see a little bit of the, the stuff now that would have never really gone on back then. But, you know, I do think our product, I mean, the skill that we have and the way guys play, I mean, it's it's beautiful to watch that you don't want to fight breaking up every five minutes to kind of ruin the flow of the game. But uh, but I still think there's a there's an importance for fighting and for that kind of a player on your team. I mean, it, it makes other teams think twice when you have those guys. It's and you see sure. it in the playoffs, especially. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's what I was, you know, fighting is is hockey's way of policing itself. You said mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you said yeah. it like that. But uh, let me take it back here for a second. Uh, Nick, you know, you know, you just you just said you got done playing mini sticks uh, with your boys. Um, it, you know, you and Marcus growing up, you know, you have a, you have obviously a Buffalo Saber legend in your dad. W- w- any fun stories you have about uh, growing up playing with your dad? Oh yeah, I mean, 
Marcus and I were lucky that that era when they played, uh, they were so good about letting kids come to the rink, you know, now, and it's not, I know, I know torts would let our kids come into the rink, but I mean, I would sit there while they were getting dressed for practice. That's how, that's how loose it was, you know? And, and nowadays you don't do that. I mean, it's a business and I get that. I, I wouldn't want that either, but I was lucky. I kind of grew up in that. So I, I would run around the rink. I remember sitting having conversations with Pat Burns in his, in his office while my dad's getting dressed, probably hated my dad. My dad played like shit the night before I'm sitting in there having, having candy, you know, uh, listen, Pat, give me one of these candies. I want to talk yeah, strategy. And I always laughed. I'm like, everyone said Pat Burns was such a, such a hard coach. I'm like, he's the nicest guy in the world. What are you talking about? You know? So um, you know, I had these really cool experiences, but I'll never forget this one. My, it wasn't when my dad was playing. It was actually, um, unfortunately Pat Burns had gotten fired. My dad was coaching at this time in St. John's Newfoundland for the Toronto police farm team. And he had just come up. And, and so my family was living in Buffalo at the time because we weren't going to move to St. John's Newfoundland. No chance. <laughs> so, so, uh, my mom, my, uh, my mom brings us up to see my dad's debut as an assistant coach. You know, he's going to be at the Leafs and, so he's out there and I think my dad had left us or my mom had left us at the rink with my dad and uh, at the old uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, they used to have these railings that kind of came up like this and then down. And my brother and I were chasing each other through the, the uh, concourse uh, or the seats and I noticed the railing. So I kind of went underneath it. Well, my brother's an idiot, didn't notice oh, no. the railing and hammers it head on (laughs) and and so he is down and out and screaming crying and my dad looks up it's just like one of his first practices uh, with the team and he's got to now like tend to us idiots in the stands while he's trying to handle the guys I'm like oh my god he probably won the because knowing what I know now being in the league if that happened oh my god so uh we weren't allowed to like, go to the rink for a few weeks after that kind of ruined it for us mark marcus ruined it for us as he would as you know <laughs> oh, of uh, course. typical marcus yeah, but we had some uh some special times and some great great teams to be around i mean uh i think about some of the team the guys on that 92 93 leafs team that we play with doug gilmore wendell clark i mean yeah. to just kind of be around those guys yeah. and watch them i mean i was so lucky i didn't even realize it at the time I, you you have said Poppin was a goaltender on that team too, wasn't Poppin, he? Poppin, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was unbelievable too. The cat. And tough, <laughs> tough too. Remember the the big fight? Yeah. Oh yeah, you've said yeah. mini sticks a couple times, and like, it's the greatest thing to grow up playing. Oh, and like I always forget about it. Yeah, and I got a three year old, and now I I know when we are done with this podcast tonight, I am going online, <laughs> and I am getting some mini sticks. At a boy, and having them sent to my house. It's a, like I miss playing mini yeah, sticks. It's the best. I miss the hotel rooms. We used to get like borderline almost kicked out of hotels with uh, with how much we play in the hallways. Uh, I feel bad. I don't know if kids could do that nowadays, but uh, oh man, we we would play it everywhere. I, you know, I think that's kind of where you learn some of your skills too, if you think about it. Uh, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think everything's yeah. everything's too organized now. So I think you still need some of that ad lib skill and. Uh, you know, it's, those are the moments you do it outside in, in street hockey and, and mini sticks. Oh, I love it. Um, Chad asked a good question that can kind of transition us because you eventually, uh, you know, you grow up, you're, uh, you're kicking it around in the, in the national team, the USA national team, their development league and development program. Um, but then you end up in Sudbury. Um, yeah. I can't say, I, I say that like such an American. Yeah, Sud- you, you do. But- Sudbury, Sudbury. Sudbury, uh, Sudbury. I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and your dad was your coach. Mm-hmm. You were playing for the Wolves. So, like, was that, like, that traditional, like, your dad's way harder on you than oh. he is on everybody else? Oh, yeah. 
and it was brutal. <laughs> but then everybody else thinks that your dad's like favors Best his son guy in the world, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just like you're stuck in the middle. Like, what was it like playing for your dad? Yeah. Well, I laugh because everyone's like, "Oh, your dad's such a great guy." I'm like, "My dad is a dick. Why is he so? <laughs> why is he so mean to me? I don't get it." You know. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the best part is, yes. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like, I'm not kidding. The three years I played in Sudbury were some of the best years of hockey in my life, and and having him as my coach. I mean, first of all, just take away that he's my dad to be coached by a player with his, you know, uh, experience. Um, and his coaching degree, uh, pedigree at the time. I mean, you, that you wouldn't get that anywhere else really. And so to get that in junior hockey, I felt very thankful. And, and I think every guy I played with did as well, you know, and, uh, we ended up going to the OHL finals that year, the lot, my last year, uh, we had built such a great team. Um, but it, it was definitely hard. I remember my first year, uh, he told me, he goes, you know, listen, I'm going to be extremely hard on you because I have to be, and, and they have to know that you are not going to get a free pass here because Nick, I'm telling you right now, uh, it'll be so much harder on you. If I don't, you know, you're going to think it's hard for me, but what you want is those guys in that room to respect you more than you think I, I'm, you know, how, how hard I am on you. So uh, when he kind of laid that out to me, I just took it. And some days I hated it. Some days, you know, you never got the praise that some other guys would get, but uh, I think it also made me, you know, appreciate, you know, the struggle and the grind of the NH of, of the OHL and then to eventually get to the NHL. And I think it made me a better player. And, uh, but we had some hilarious, you know, altercations with just, you know, not wanting, I, I one at one point I didn't have my driver's license yet. That was the worst. I had to go home some nights with him after a bad game. Oh, oh we didn't talk oh. for 20 minutes in the car until we got home. And then he just, good news, after a good game though, he could take oh, yeah. you out for ice cream. Yeah. We'd go anywhere. We'd go. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then I got smart. I started going to my grandparents' house after bad games. I just say I'm going to I'm going to we call Nonia and Nono. I'm going to Nonia and Nono's house tonight. You know, oh. Nothing to say, so I'd I'd head over there so I had to hear it. But uh, but we had uh, it was it was an unbelievable time, special time to be able to go back and play for the team that he played for. Um, you know, I didn't realize how how influential that would have been on me and my career, and uh, pretty special. Could you imagine like having a bad game? a tough loss and having to like get in the car with torts after the game and drive home. <laughs> hey, honestly, yeah. I don't think my dad was far off, but no, I, 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 <laughs> no, I, no. Had to get, I had to get on a plane with that guy and that's good enough for me after a bad day. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're both uh, fiery Italians, so they're not far off from each other. Oh man. That's a good image though. God bless. <laughs> Jump into like a Buick with torts and head on home. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why it's a Buick, but I just a hockey coach driving. Yeah, sure. Hey, hey, Buick's your classic luxury vehicle. They are. Yes, they are. wonderful. That's my favorite when they give away. Fantastic. Yeah, it's my favorite oh, when they hey. give away a Buick for like a hole in one at a golf tournament, and like it's like Phil Mickelson, and he just turns around and looks at the car like, huh? It's a Buick. <laughs> Great. <laughs> It's my 12th hole in one. Thank oh. you. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll, I'll leave and, my and Ferrari a, in the parking lot then, or and a sidebar. You know, Shaq is not fitting in any friggin' Buick. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those commercials with Shaq? He's not fitting in a Buick. Right? He's like, oh, my Buick, my Buick Lacrosse. Like, I mean, okay, what is what is that really? Is that, is that like a Hummer that like they just put a Buick label on? <laughs> a Buick. On... Uh... That's yeah. a very good point, actually. Very good point. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we covered that, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, for real. 
so after your time there you, uh, in the OHL, you 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 go on, you you go first round in the draft. Uh, you head to to Ottawa to the Senators, and you yeah. have a good run there. I mean, you were there for for several years. Um, yeah. You know, you got your career going there. Uh, but we've been talking about your dad a lot, and I watched a tremendous video. It was like a throwback video that you did early on in your career of goal celebrations. <laughs> oh, it was a, that's an amazing oh, look geez. up like Nick Foligno yeah, goal celebration video. You, you went down. The I hole saw to that too. Out. Yeah, I saw. Oh, because your father was famous. One, like I'm churning the butter. Yes, or the churning oh. butter, and like the play-by-play guy was like on the bench calling it for you. Yeah, that was whew, that was uh, some tough acting. Tough I recommend acting. people go watch that. Yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah, they were like interviewing at you at your locker, and you were like yeah. very serious. You were like, "I think the celebration is a very important part, and I have to work hard to find." <laughs> but the funny thing is, the reason for that obviously is your dad yeah. has one of the most famous goal celebrations of all time the the Felino yeah. leap. Felino leap, yeah, that which is... is just incredible. So was that your was that your plan all along, like forever? Was no. the first time you scored an NHL goal? Because the first your first goal in the NHL, you did the famous Felino leap. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, like I had no plans of doing it because I had done it probably so many times in the street. Um, and but my teammates, I think it took me a little while to score. Uh, I don't like to admit that. So uh, it took me a little while to score my first I didn't year. Say it. Like we'll, maybe we'll edit like, it. seven, eight games or something like that. Um, <laughs> we'll edit it. Nobody was passing to me. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. I was the youngest guy in the team, so no one was passing to me. But um, I remember when I – the guys before, I was starting to, like, you know, I had a couple chances. Like, hey, listen, they all came in. They're like, if you score, you're doing your dad's jump. Like, if you don't, you're going to get fined or they're going to beat the shit out of you, whatever. Like, you better do it, you know? (laughs) So I was like, oh, my God, okay, I better do it. And uh, sure enough, literally the next day after saying that, it was almost like I needed some good karma. Uh, I scored and uh, it was fresh in my mind. So I just went for it. And uh, yeah, it was probably one of the most amazing feelings at the time. Uh, the best part too, is I look back, I guess I had the wi- a wide open net on the original. And I took it behind the net and did like a wraparound for no reason. And luckily <laughs> snuck it under Carrie Price's arm who was laid out. But, uh, but yeah, the guys were like, what the hell were you after? They're like, I'm so happy for you, but what the hell were you doing? And I was, I was so excited, but I uh, got to do the jump and, and uh, I know how much it meant to my dad and then Marcus to do it after, uh, yeah. I know he was, he was pretty touched by it. So nice, nice way to pay, pay a little tribute to him. And then uh, I got to try and catch his goal total though. It's like 300 and something. So I got to get there. Hey, those guys, hey, your teammates a- are putting like so- bars of soap in like tube <laughs> socks, getting ready to like, like full yeah. metal jacket style, like old school. You don't do that leap. <laughs> well, that- that's okay. You had your experimental period where you tried to figure it out. You know, the churning butter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which one, which one worked for me? I think I rode the stick and it broke. Yeah. I was, oh, right. It was bad. It was bad. Did. I'm, thank you, you for bringing that up. Hurt. I was hoping that was dead, buried and died mm-hmm. somewhere, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the internet can't hide yeah. the internet. <laughs> you Wait, actually, on, I recommend everybody go watch it. Let's see. Retweet and post it. There we go. No, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Actually, you know what? Post it. I want my teammates to know what I look like with hair. I would like them to see that. <laughs> okay. All right. It's, it's getting all a little right. thin now. They're, they're always giving it to me. So I'm sure they're all hey. avid listeners of the garage beers podcast at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, Hey, blue jackets, go, go look for yeah. Nick Felino's early well, on goal. Celebration. When they hear that we can drink on the podcast, I think they're going to be all, you're going to have a lot of guys lining up to, to get on here. Sweet. So. Yeah. That's, that's, awesome. that's the whole point of this. That's hockey players, man. 
Exactly. Huh. And it's random dad bods from Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go together. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, hey, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. You're only seeing me from the neck up. I am in shape. I have a six pack <laughs> of beer next to you. Yeah, beer. no, it's got a, it's five. <laughs> it's now a five pack. Next he cracked the one open. It's a five pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, you're you're up there. You're playing in Ottawa. You're living the NHL dream. Uh, you got some crazy things that happened to you up there, though. Like the one that the one that I I remember this, and I think I might have quit. Uh, is when you blocked a, a, a shot oh, and broke your yeah. leg on a blocked shot. Man, you're bringing up all these. <laughs> I don't know uh, why I'm going to come back yeah. from that. The best part is I, I, I remember blocking the shot, and I was like, ooh, that hurt a lot more than it normally does. <laughs> and, and I remember Alex Kovalev coming over to me and hitting me on the ass after and saying, nice block, Nick. Oh, <laughs> and no. by me. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think something's not right. So I, I remember getting, like, hobbling to the bench. And uh, back then, everyone everyone says, just walk it off, walk it off. So I start walking, and I'm walking, and I'm like, oh, it's getting a little bit better. All right, okay. So I'm walking around the back, and I'm like, all right, I think I can go. And uh, we had a TV timeout, so I went out for a, a, a loop, and they're like, go, go test it, go test it. I go out for a loop, and all I hear is, <laughs> as I skate. Oh. I'm like, I oh. think it's I think my, my face went white. I just went off the ice. And uh, <laughs> I remember the best part is they start like doing the, uh, the test or so. They start pushing down my leg and they just like oh. apply pressure, apply pressure. And they like pushed it back down. Oh. And he's like, and then my trainer's like, yeah, I think it's broken. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to oh, coming oh, over shit. and slapping you. Oh, like, oh, nice, nice block, yeah. kid. Hey, thank you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you think you son of a bitch? You yeah. think it's broken? <laughs> but that's, that's just the way. Uh, walk it off. Walk it off. I'll never forget that. Uh, here I am, like an idiot, walking off a broken leg. But uh, guys, it's not good. It's not yeah. good, guys. <laughs> oh, just think man. of that, though. Think of like the. You know, I was. I always think the craziest part of hockey are the block shots. Mm-hmm. I think that is just absolutely insanity. I think you you are all lunatics out there. <laughs> Uh, but, like, when you read, again, n- 9 out of 10 block shots, uh, while they may not feel great, don't yeah. result in, like, significant injuries or whatever. Yeah. But, like, you, your leg broke because of that. Like, that is insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, drink, didn't drink enough milk, apparently. So I think my dad <laughs> said to me after. <laughs> yeah, so. nice. Thanks, thanks, Dad. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> but, oh, it's, uh, it's one thing that it's so funny, too, because torts is huge on it. And he, he always says yeah. to guys, you know how you get hurt? It's when you don't want to block a shot. That's when you get hurt. <laughs> like, that's a pretty good point, actually. So uh, you're like, uh, and you're sitting there in the room like, uh, yeah. I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. Quick one. Yeah, I, I wanted to block it. Not there, though. Uh, it could have been worse. Could have been my face. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, stuff like that worst. has to just, stuff like that just has to hit you in the right spot, right? For the most part, the, like, there's enough padding there to where it hurts, but it, like it just kind of goes away, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one guy though on our team, David Savard. Yeah, I've never seen a person take block shots where there's no padding and act like it. Like I would be crying in my stall <laughs> in a fetal position when I see some of the bruises <laughs> on his back, or like it, it's. In, I'm like, did you just block that with no padding on your back, like a hundred mile an hour? Yeah, oh, yeah, no problem. God. Like it, it's that, that guy is a next level psycho uh, when it comes to blocking shots. Oh. Him and Boone Jenner are just 
I think that it's, it's fun for them. I don't know. They, they remind me of Adam Sandler getting ready for next season. Oh, stuff, yes, you know? yes. <laughs> Just taking shots. But, cage. Um, but yeah, they're, they're animals, man. You love having guys like that on your team. Just the commitment they have to our team is incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so now we get to have a little fun because now we talk about coming to Ohio uh, and, mm-hmm. the, and the trade, the trade that brought you from the senators to the blue jackets and, uh, and the ride that you've been on uh, since that happened. Uh, but uh, what, that was 2012. Uh, so God, that feels like it was not that long ago, but it was eight Thanks. years ago. Yeah, it was eight years ago already. Oh, Isn't that crazy? Okay. Yeah. You with the Blue Jackets for, for eight years. So just what are your feelings? Uh, you know, obviously your family loved you back in Ottawa because you were playing for Canadian teams <laughs> and you had full support from them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the last the, time they supported you. Yeah, that was it. They, they, they signed me. They sent me over the border and said, good luck. See you never. <laughs> yeah. um, but the best yeah. part is when I got traded, though, my wife, uh, we just were married a year. And uh, she's like, you know, my brother comes over. To, and I didn't even know. That's a whole other story, but we won't get into that. Um, but my brother told, tells me, Nick, I, I'm pretty sure you got traded to Columbus, uh, the Blue Jackets. And I'm like, oh, like awesome. Like, I was excited, you know, new opportunity. Um, and my wife, like, she's Canadian girls from Sudbury, Ontario. And, um, you know, and had been working in Ottawa as a school teacher. So kind of more ingrained. Uh, didn't really understand the hockey lifestyle. Got a, a quick lesson in that. Yeah. Um, and I remember her breaking down. She's like bawling in the car. She's like, where is Columbus? She has no idea. <laughs> and, and, and was just, just devastated. And, uh, and you know what the best part was? We came for our visit after I got traded. And her and I, I'm not even kidding, instantly, instantly fell in awesome. love with this place. Like, I, I couldn't, couldn't be happier. Uh, you know, as soon as I got here, um, the people, the city, just, it, it was just, it was almost like where I needed to be, you know, and, oh, cool. you know, and, and, and how cool is it now that we've been able to put roots down? Our kids are born here. This has become home, you know? So, uh, it, it's been kind of a little bit of a fairy tale in that regard. We're just, we've fallen in love with Columbus, Ohio, went from tears to, to celebration. And, um, <laughs> She's crying all the <laughs> Honey, it, it's it's the Sudbury of the South. Yes, that's, that's what they call it. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually I gotta use that. <laughs> South Sudbury, South Sudbury, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's oh, been I mean, it's been a wild ride, and and so many great memories already here, and hopefully a lot more to come. Yeah, well, you're. I mean, obviously, you're part of just uh, uh, an awesome. Uh, the last eight years, I mean, for Blue Jackets hockey have been uh, an incredible run. And, and obviously, we can talk about this last year in a bit. But, you know, I, I, you know, never ending with that, that, that last piece yet. But, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, Blue Jackets hockey for a long time was, uh, it was hard to watch. It was, cool. it was a lot of losing. It was, for you as an opponent, was probably great. Fun to, really fun to play against. Yeah. Love really, to come yeah. play the Blue Jackets. <laughs> Uh, I can say that. I can say that. No. You're allowed but, to now. You know, no, you know what? I, I remember uh, uh, coming here and, and saying that. Like, I, I remember playing against Columbus and we had no respect, you know, and I knew that. And I was excited to be part of the change here. I remember coming in here with a guy like Brandon Dubinsky, who was ready to kind of take on that leadership role, too. And we were like, let's do this together. You know, let's build something together here. And, uh, and then you start adding all these character pieces like Boone Jenner and Cam Atkinson, and Seth Jones. And I mean, the list kind of goes on uh, of the players that have come in here and just, you know, understood what we're trying to build here and, and become a, a real big part of it. And 
And now look where we're at. Made the playoffs the past four years. Uh, are a force to be reckoned with. And unfortunately, run into some great teams early on in the playoffs because uh, the way the, you know, the, the, the standings work now. But uh, I put us up against anybody. And obviously, yeah, we need to add a few more pieces and, and find a way to break through like every good team does. And that's on us. But um, I am so proud of the body of work that we put in and, and proud, but know that the job's not done. I'm so hungry to finish that. You know, I, I'm not, you know, patting myself on the back until we get a cup here. And, uh, and that's what I want so bad for the city, for this fan base. I mean, what an incredible sports town. I know you guys are up in Cleveland and I think the Ohio sports fans in general are outstanding. Um, but I've really been impressed with Columbus's hockey knowledge and, uh, and how much they care about this team. And I think we've really kind of, um, melded that, uh, that that relationship too you can see how they appreciate what we're putting on the ice and we appreciate them and when uh, i can't wait to get them back in the stands i mean i love nationwide arena when it's packed it's it's a rocking place playoffs are insane um you know i can't say enough good things about that that's why i want to win here so badly and uh you know I, I think we have the pieces in place to do that pretty soon uh yeah so uh, i have a personal question for you and again i'm not going to get into fandom <laughs> Because I've been a hockey fan for a long time, since before the Blue Jackets existed. So here's my personal question. I'm kind of nervous about this. Don't be nervous about this. It is what it is. Um, Can I ask you, like, why do you why do you feel like the need to have like your biggest moments of your career against the Penguins? (laughs) (laughs) Can you pick another team for a minute? I hate that team. I hate that team. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, it's because I, I, I love, I respect them so much. I love playing against them. They're a pain in the ass. You know what? It's funny. It goes back to even my Ottawa days. I, I've, I came to Columbus thinking I was going to like finally get away from playing the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs. Mm-mm. And it just kept coming. And I was like, mother of God, get this <laughs> team away from me. You know, uh, just give me somebody besides Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin for one round, please. Um, but it's, it's been really neat how that's grown into such a, a hate between that us and that team. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun game to get up for. I mean, the two of the best players in the world, they've, they've been, uh, an, a dominant team for so long. How do you not want to try and, and knock that team off? How do you not want to yeah. try and play your best? I mean, I want to get there as an organization. I want people to play us thinking the exact same thing. And I think there's, you're starting to see that now. You know, where yeah, yeah, everybody comes into Columbus and is like, we better be at our best or we're going to get it handed to us. And I, I'm so proud of that more than anything. Yeah. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just take it back to like 2014 <laughs> overtime game winner. Just, uh, just a snipe. That was, uh, oh yeah, that was a snipe. A snipe. Right. I put a little sandpaper on it. So it dipped at the last seconds. But yeah. Flew, flew I saw you do that. I saw that. Oh, happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, for a game winner in overtime that evened up that series, your first career hat trick. Uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so just, you Mike know. Doesn't, Mike doesn't sound bitter at all. He doesn't no, 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 underlying sound, bitterness. Yeah. Yes, you're handling very well. Yeah, I am doing what, my you know best. What, yeah. I don't know what's what's more embarrassing, though, the fact that you're a Pittsburgh Penguin fan or that you're uh, bitter about this whole situation. I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm a little, uh, a little Ooh, disappointed. Listen, a little disappointed. Yeah, Mike, you, you were here and you just went here. I did. Oh, I, no. I dropped myself a notch. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick Foligno, that your team didn't exist for like the formative years of my life. Yeah, I know. It's okay. It's okay. Well, listen, I do Nick, to answer to, to answer his question. It's both. Okay, yeah, it's it an, is. It's both, both yeah. are embarrassing. 
<laughs> no, it's all good. It's all love. It's all love. Yeah. Listen, yeah, I have no yeah, shame. Yeah. I, have no I did shame. get I did get asked though. I, I'll never forget this. Speaking of before we, we were here, I did get asked when I first 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 came to Columbus. Uh, this waitress in the short north was asked. Uh, we were my wife and I went to lunch or something. And she's like, "Oh, what are you doing in town?" I'm like, "Oh, well, I, I'm uh, I'm just in town uh, playing for the Blue Jackets." And uh, she's like, "Oh, what is that? A a, a basketball team?" Oh <laughs> no! I go, "Where am I? I'm a long way oh, from no. Canada here." So, you look uh, like a you look like a basketball player though, for sure. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, great, great. I got a great three pointer actually. Seth Jones. Like, Ask Seth Jones about that one. We <laughs> we played in we played in Montreal. Smoked them. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, Seth yeah, Jones, you're gonna I, have I was, to come on and tell us. You're gonna have to come on and talk to us about this. He, he had one arm tied behind his back, and he had one <laughs> but was, no big deal. Um, uh, no, yeah. ma'am, no, ma'am, we're a jet skiing team. We're, we're, I mean, I'm in town for a huge jet skiing <laughs> yeah, race. A convention for jet skiing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was wild when I got that question asked me. I was like, oh, we got some work to do, but I'm proud to say that uh, I think people know who the Blue Jackets are now. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair thing to say. Especially the Penguins. Fair. Listen, fair. 100%. Fair. I still need, we, is, you guys can't say anything going until I get their Stanley Cup record, though. I got to get that going here. I have to so. tell you, again, they got that again, I will root, I, I root for the Jackets because they are an Ohio team, but like the Pens are in the division. Yeah. Like it, it is, you know, what do you do? But okay. when, when that matchup comes up, that is such a pain in the ass. Like, oh, good. We get to play the Blue Jackets. That's going to suck. Like my family when I play Toronto. It's just, I get it. I get it. That's right. That's right. I'm just another Felino. Yeah. <laughs> we, were the, we were the Lumberjacks along, and, and Mike's lit, a little bit of defense here, Nick. Uh, but, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, the minor this. league team here in Cleveland was the Lumberjacks for a while. And for, for the long longest time. time, they were the pe- they they were the Penguins affiliate. But so that's when we were. Oh, I didn't up. know that actually. So that, I knew they yeah, were the so Lumberjacks. Why, I didn't know they were the affiliate of Pens. Yeah, for yeah, that's why for he years kind of attached himself attached himself to the Penguins. Oh, so cool. that's that's the reason behind the I random Pens hey. fandom. It's all good. Okay. I just I, <laughs> we yeah, can still be I friends. It. Yeah, it's still it. embarrassing. It's still embarrassing. Don't get me wrong. But that's the <laughs> reason behind it. Suck. <laughs> You suck. Uh, so uh, after a, a good, uh, a good first few years in, in Columbus, and, and things start turning around, uh, you go on this little captain run, which is which is kind of fun. It, it starts with uh, you're the captain of the All Star game. So there's Team Felino, which that's gonna yeah. be cool to just look back. I know that doesn't, you know, that's just an All Star game. It is what it is. But like yeah. Team Felino versus Team Taves, like. That's got to be cool to think back and look at like all star history and be like, that's that's me, that's my yeah. name on yeah, that captain. Pretty team. awesome. I mean, I was I was so nervous that whole weekend too. Just, Were you really? You know, oh, I don't even know why. I was just. I think it's just being in Columbus too, and felt like you had the you know mm-hmm. the hometown, and I wanted to make sure people re- realized how much I love this place, and uh, and the, the city did such a good job of putting on a great show. I mean, even the players said it was an awesome all star game, and they had so much fun and. Um, you know, I think we ended up making them change the rule on, on the games because we had so many goals. <laughs> so oh, <yeah>. bad. <laughs> you know, the all-star game was so bad. They actually changed the rules the following year to be a three-on-three tournament. But I want to say, was uh, it like, it was like 25 to something. It was embarrassing. It was, yeah, it, it was, was crazy. And the, the cannon would go, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the cannon was just overworked. 
it's yeah. running out of ammo. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but what an experience. And I just, I was so happy that Columbus could host that because, uh, you know, the lockout shortened season took it away from us. So that, to be able to get it yeah. back that following yeah. or a couple of years later was uh, amazing to be a part of. And uh, it's something I'll never forget for sure. It was, it was incredible. So then, so then you fill a vacancy for the Blue Jackets. And I think that's so cool because, I, first of all, I think it's cool that the Blue Jackets just didn't – they don't just fill their captain yeah. vacancy just to fill it. So there, there, there's like a criteria. There, there's like a – there's an, an earned status to that. It isn't just the, the, the next player up. Uh, and so you get named the captain of the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets didn't have a captain after Rick Nash. Uh, they went three years without a captain. <clears throat> and then you get named the captain of the Blue Jackets, and you've you've held that title now for several years. So, just what does that mean to you? What what did that mean to you? And and uh, just kind of talk about that uh, for a little bit. Well, I think it melt, meant that uh, you know, first and foremost, that it's such an, an amazing honor. I mean, there's only 31 captains in the league, or can have captains in the league. Some teams don't have them, but uh, you know, to to be able to say that you're among the those looked at uh, in the league or on your team to you know, to kind of represent the team, but also the model, the way you're going to play uh, being one of the players that's going to do that on a nightly basis. I think I took that really seriously. And, but, but bigger than all of it was that it was voted on by my teammates, you know? And I think that to me is the you know ultimate feather in the cap or, or you know, the feeling of, of, okay, you know, I, I, I think I'm doing something right, you know, to have the respect that, that I have from those guys and, and how much I care about that group. Uh, you know, it just meant the world to me. So I think that's what I always try to carry every time I, I put that jersey on or every, everything I do in this organization. I care so much about those guys, and I want them to feel that. I want them to know that whether you're a first-year guy or ten-year guy, um, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you and help our team. And uh, and it's been it's been a really cool learning experience. You know, I knew, uh, you know, I'd be I'd be getting some really good lessons as I went along here. Uh, I was yeah. open to it. I had a really good coach come in and trying to challenge me on that as well with torts and, uh, and look where our team's gone. So I give the guys full credit. I, I'm just blessed to be a part of it and, uh, and to have this group to come and try to lead and make better and, and try to teach what I learned all those years ago and starting off trying to figure out my celebration to, to where I am now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, there's just, it's, it's a really neat thing and, and I'm not done. You know, I, I feel like uh, there's more to do for this team and uh, more expected out of myself for those guys. And uh, I'm excited to see where we're going to go. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit current, uh, the situation that just went down, uh, just ended just a couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, one thing that I think it's really cool, um, uh, you and your family, you and your wife, you're so involved in, in charitable work. Um, uh, you've got more charities or like health related fundraising things than I, I think I can even list, uh, <laughs> whether it's, you know, obviously you, you, um, talked about your mom, you lost your mom, uh, to cancer and, and, you know, cancer sucks so bad and, and, uh, our condolences for that. Uh, but, um, whether it's cancer research or, um, uh, you do a lot of stuff up in Canada for, for hospitals and healthcare up in Canada, uh, cystic fibrosis, uh, you are, uh, you're a big spokesman for, uh, and then in 2016, which I think is just the most incredible, uh, incredible thing that, that so many people will never understand what that feels like, but you, you and your wife donated a million dollars, um, um, to, to nationwide and, um, or else Boston children's right. Uh, just talk about what all that stuff means for you. And, you know, we, you, 
you are, you're such a talented guy. You are the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and, and you're such a, a face of, of hockey in the state of Ohio uh, and, and even to your Canadian family. Uh, but uh, just, just where you find the time, where you find the time and, and the passion for all of that and, and what all that means for you. I appreciate that. I think, you know, what I've realized, and I think I had a, you know, I, I think, I guess my dad had a pretty big influence on me. Uh, you know, I talk about him a lot, but, you know, I, I had great parents to look up to and understand the right way to do things. And they were so charitable, uh, you know, in, in their lives and always giving back. And my dad had time for everybody. And I saw that at a young age. I saw how it made me feel because I saw how it made the person feel when my dad would do that or my mom. You know, I would go to Meals on Wheels with my mom. I would be the, do the route with her. She, you know, I'd run up to the person and hand to him. That feeling that you got, uh, that you were making a difference, the smile on that person's face, um, you know, I, I just think it stuck with me. And then obviously, you know, you go through some things in life that make you grow up pretty quick. Losing my mom at a young age, my daughter having a health scare when she was first born, first time parent. Um, but then also in the same respect, realizing how fortunate we are. You know, the opportunities that we are, are given because of the, the situation I'm in as a professional athlete and, and how many people support us, uh, our family, uh, my team, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that they always realize that we appreciate it. We see it, you know, we're not always able to do it, uh, every day and show that, but there are certain moments where we can. And, uh, it's so important to my wife and I, you know, I say both of us, because it's, it's, you know, you have to have a special partner that believes in those same things. And, uh, and I want my kids to feel that same way that I did as a child as well. So I want them to see that. I want them to understand that that's what, that's what good people do. That's how you, you belong in a community. That's how you, you know, ingrain yourself and, and take care of other people. Um, that's your job. You know, I, I'm coming to this, this town, uh, you know, and, and you, this town's taken me in. So the best thing I can do is try to give back any way I can. And, uh, and, uh, that's what we felt, you know, the, the support we got from the hospitals, they gave me a chance to have a family, you know, they saved my daughter's life. That seemed like a, a no brainer for us, you know, and, uh, it's hard to talk about cause I don't like the stuff that comes with it. I mean, we didn't even really want to make it a public donation, but we realized how important it is to use the platform that we have. I know that's said a lot, but it is. It's incredible what the mm -hmm. stories that I've been told now of people realizing there's there's life-saving research and, and life-saving uh, procedures out there now that they didn't otherwise know unless they heard our story. Um, that makes you feel good because you never want the the why to get you know tossed in with the the publicity and all that. It's it's always about you know just can you help somebody else that maybe doesn't know otherwise or does not in that position to be helped and. Um, you know, I think that's been a driving force for my wife and I and, and our team. I think our organization does a great job of giving back as well. So I love that it lines up with those guys and yeah. uh, I feel really blessed. So it's, uh, it's something that to me lasts longer than I think a hockey career. Uh, you know, I'm going to be a person in this community or, or any community for a lot longer than I'm going to be a hockey player. And I want to make sure people know how much I care about that. And, uh, and we're going to try and continue to give back as long as we can. Yeah, that is that's that's a it's incredible. It's an incredible story. It's an incredible really explanation, uh, and and uh, uh, you know that that is um, you know it is just something that is it's it's selfless and 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 using that using that platform that you are that you've worked for uh, that you're given as as a pro athlete. I think it it means so much, and and you know um, you know you said it's a blessing, but it's been a blessing to so many other people too. So. Uh, that's, that's a really, really cool story. 
uh, took a little pause from hockey for a second. But, <laughs> no. uh, really cool. And we thought we felt like we had to get a little conversation in on that. So I appreciate uh, that. Cheers. So back to hockey. Cheers, cheers to that. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers to charity. Cheers to charity. Yeah. This is my, I need a refill. Hey, I am hammered. No, I'm just no, easy. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the bubble for a minute. The, the oh. bubble. How crazy was this year? It was insane. Uh, yeah. But you know, uh, it was hard. And there's so much harder things out there in the world. So I'm never going to complain about my, our life. Or we have a pretty good life. But it just never have we ever been challenged like that to do our job. You know, I think that's where we, when we say it's hard, it means like that. You know, I've never been away from my family or had to really have the discipline that you need to have when you're inside a place like that. And, and, you know, and, and, but I loved it. I mean, we got an opportunity to play the game we love and compete for the ultimate prize, which is Stanley cup. You can't ask for much more than that. Was it perfect? Yeah. Absolutely not. It was so far from perfect. <laughs> it was insane. Um, but we had an opportunity to play the game we love during a time when no one really knew, you know, what was going on in their own world. So how thankful we are for that. I think every guy would say we're so thankful for that opportunity. I think it was, it was therapy in a way, you know, for everything that's going on in the world. Uh, and for hopefully a lot of people watching, it was therapy, not just for us. Yeah. 100%. We talked about this when, you know, because NHL started, basketball started, they all kind of started around the same time. And at least just from a fan perspective, just to be able to watch sports after having, what was that, four months at the time, oh. which is absolutely nothing. Um, it was great. But also just like kudos to – the NHL and you guys, the hockey had by far the best restart out of any yeah. sport. Like it was the most right off the bat, just so entertaining and so fun to watch. Like you could really tell that the guys were giving it their all. And like, it's, it's like, there wasn't a break. Like they just picked no. right back up and they were in playoff form. No, for yeah, sure. Even that, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was, I, I'm sorry. I was going to say that like, and watching it on TV, you, you, you had no idea that, that the fans weren't there. Yeah. Like yeah. just with the energy that you guys brought, you just had no idea. That's a, thanks. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I even real, like they did such a good job inside the arena of making it look, you know, it was kind of psychedelic at first. You're like, oh, there's all these banners <laughs> and things are like light shows and everything. Yeah. But then you just realize like they did such a good job of distracting you from the fact that there was no fans that you didn't even, I honestly didn't care at one point. It was, there was another team on just like we do. Like, at some point you learn to drown out the fans because you have to, right. You go into an opposing uh, arena or uh, so even our own, like you you otherwise you get caught up in the emotions of it. Yeah. Do you miss the the roar when you get on a two on one or a big save or a fight or a hit? Yeah. But you know, even they pumped some crowd noise in that you could hear sometimes after a big hit, which is kind of funny. Um, (laughs) uh, So, you know, that was, that was interesting, but yeah, just that it felt like hockey. It felt, you know, you, you, you wanted to kill that, team across from you and there was an ultimate prize of winning the stanley cup at stake and it felt like stanley cup hockey i don't care what anyone says i mean they're lying to you if they didn't if they said it didn't feel as intense as it normally does so uh it was great well they pumped the crowd noise in for like a big hit i almost wish they didn't but like had crowd mics out there so there was just like one guy that was like working the game and you just hear him be like whoa (laughs) (laughs) whoa whoa it, it, it was the Man. best though. Like, cause when you hit somebody, you'd like, it gave you a little more satisfaction that like, yeah, I got him. The fake crowd noise just went off. I got him. Yeah, that guy, that guy over there decided to hit the button. Yeah. yeah. He I buttoned like, oh, my oh, hit. Oh, that was a good one. Click. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ding. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, funny. 
we talked about that uh, because again, the other, the other major sports, eh, maybe not, maybe not uh, NFL because that has come along so much later. That basketball startup was kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, and it's because the games didn't really matter. Uh, those first like eight games, it was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, and baseball had their own problems with teams catching COVID and like, that was crazy. And hockey was just from the gun. You know what I mean? It's like, it was like, oh, we got Blue Jackets Leafs tonight, mm-hmm. and it's a playoff series. Yeah. And from yeah. the gun, it was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, as soon as yeah. I, I was, and, 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 can we just go to, like, a period of time where we have hockey on from, like, noon to midnight every Unbelievable. day? Unbelievable. Even we loved it. It was, the oh, best. It was amazing. Yeah. You come back from a game, even though we played every game to quadruple overtime, but – you come back from a game, <laughs> yeah, and, right. Uh, and it was just incredible, though. Like you, oh, you sit back and relax, and boom, game on. You're like, this is amazing. And then you get another game and another game. You're like, this is insane, you know? Because the West, they'd have you'd be playing till three in the morning. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, it was even for us as players. How uh, we're, you know, we're fans first. We love the game. So you're sure. watching all these games, and uh, we had a blast. I mean, the the accommodations were a little interesting for sure definitely felt like prison especially where we were oh really um, well we just it, i shouldn't say it, it felt like prison because i've never been to prison and i don't want to wow. disrespect anyone that's been to prison so i should watch what i say but <laughs> i hope i never go to prison um but no it, it was it was crazy because our hotel where we were was right in downtown toronto the other teams got to stay the top teams got to stay out a little bit outside the city hotel x it was called it even had a cooler name um but we uh we were in, in the Sounds city terrible and, Hotel, Hotel X. X. Hotel <laughs> X. <laughs> it's a very German hotel. Hotel X. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Hotel I don't know why I gave it that, but it just sounds like a club. It sounds good. Come um, on and get a Zima at Hotel X. Get a Zima. <laughs> sounds way better with way better with a German accent. Nice job. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we had nowhere to go. Like we there was nowhere to be outside. That was the only issue. Like the hotel X guys could walk outside to the, there's a uh, soccer field, uh, the FC Toronto FC yes. the stadium was there. So they got to have this nice walk. could go run around, but us, we were stuck in the concrete jungle of Toronto. And so that just, it was hilarious. There's one patio outside and the sun would kind of move around the patio. And so you could just see everybody try to migrate to where the sun was. Just, you know, there'd be all these chairs like stuck next. You got like four teams trying to, you know, find sun in the, in the bubble. But uh, you're, you're just sitting at your hotel window, like eating yeah. chips, like wondering what people are doing outside. <laughs> in the meantime, you've got like, in the meantime, you got like the flyers and the Bruins brawling it out for the sun on the patio. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy. So it was, uh, it was kind of funny that way. But uh, all in all, honestly, the, the for the NHL to put that together as fast as they did, I got to give them credit. They did a heck of a job. We also awesome. it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, my, my work, my work would be like, hey, we're gonna do a, we have like a two o'clock conference call on this day. I'd be like, yeah, that's not gonna work for me because <laughs> hockey starts at noon that day, and I'm not gonna be listening. <laughs> Oh my God, Nick! The amount of obscure sports I was watching was just oh, no. getting ridiculous. Like that, like for some reason, uh, they started ESPN the Ocho, and yes. it was like it was like a like a rousing game of like 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 coin flipping. Like I'm not even kidding. It was something like that. There was like the slippery stairs challenge. I'm like, I 
I, I need, I, I need something back. No, Thank well, God for the NHL at that time. I was watching the show. It was like, uh, it was uh, ultimate tag. Have you guys seen that? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually like it. Was, that was unbelievable. These guys yeah. are doing parkour all over the freaking place. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? They're crazy. I mean, they like glide through the course. I'm, it's they're incredible. like ninjas, man. It's insane. Yeah. I was like, I actually loving it. I was like, I think they I, should they do it with like average sport. Joe's. Like oh, with us. Amazing. Yeah. See, I, one of those guys catch I don't know who's watching that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to just roll over one of those railings, like, uh, like one leg at a time. Come get me. After you got me. Ten seconds. Yeah, yeah you got me. I'm done. I'm done. Thirty second uh, oxygen break. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. But that that was my uh, that was my guilty pleasure for sports uh, when the the coronavirus was in full force. So here's what's cool about the jackets this year, right? It was it was a crazy off season last year, and you lose big name players. You lose Panarin. You lose you lose Bob. Uh, you lose Duchesne. Like there are good players that are just gone, and it was. I think a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, okay, what's gonna what's gonna come of the Blue Jackets this year?" And uh, and then you qualify for the postseason uh, for the bubble. Uh, you of course you get stuck playing Toronto in Toronto, but that's probably good because there were no fans, so <laughs> fine. Perfect. Yeah. No home, no home, home ice advantage. Yeah. Uh, you eliminate Toronto behind some awesome performances, including yourself. Um, and then uh, this was my favorite because I just remember watching him uh, a lot with the Monsters. But your incredible goalie uh, oh. Jonas Corposalo <laughs> made an absolute name for himself in the bubble. So just talk about the, you know, just the season for the jackets and you know, how hard that was to lose so many good players in the off season, but, but the resilience to come back and, and become a force in the playoffs again. Yeah. I mean, it was well-documented, obviously the, you know, there's disappointment when you lose those players, you want to know why, especially with the way our team was trending. You know, I think that was the hardest part of understanding, but at the end of the day, people have their opinions of why they need to leave for personal reasons or whatever. And you respect it. I mean, that's the way sports work. That's the way the business side works that you have a, a, at some points in your career, you have chances to choose and they wanted to go somewhere else. And at some point, at some point, especially for me, you have to make peace with it. You know, you're, you're going to beat your head, your head against the wall, trying to convince someone to stay when they don't want to be. And first of all, do you really want someone to stay if they don't want to be here? You know, are they going to oh, pour yeah. their, and I think that's what it showed this year. You know, that's the segue into like why we had success is, we had every guy on our team that wanted to be here, that wanted to make a difference on our team, that wanted to show people why we love Columbus, why we're a good team, the players that we have. I mean, you know, you saw the emergence of another, you know, monster, Oliver Bjorkstrand. I mean, he played unbelievable. He was one of our best players. Till yeah, he, he got was hurt. great. Um, you know, and, and, and had an opportunity probably because Panarin left, you know. He, he was a guy who was playing behind and more opportunity, and boom, look, at he becomes a star. Uh, so... You know, those things happen sometimes. Unfortunate, you know, they're great players for a reason, but I think we became a better team because of them and showing us, all right, this is what we're going to have to do to become better. And, and now it's, you know, I think a, a testament to every guy in the room for for understanding that. And that's the recipe. That's that's mandated now. That, you know, there's there's this is who we are. This is why we have success, uh, why we're so hard to play against. And um, there's a reason why we made the playoffs. But a big, big reason why we made the playoffs too is, Another guy left. Another guy got to step in. That's Corpusella, you know, and, and Elvis too. Elvis did an yeah. outstanding job when when Corpy went down. But I mean, Corpy, if people forget, early on had an All Star year. His name is the All Star team. 
was a huge reason why we had a surge in December. Uh, and then Elvis picked up right where Corpy left off and just took us right down to the wire. And, uh, and I was just so happy that there, you know, there was an opportunity for both of them to get some playing time and, and then Corpy just to take it home in the playoffs. I mean, he, he was lights out. Uh, and that was his, I think everyone's welcome to the Jonas Corposalo show. I mean, he was just yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and and somebody, and, and finally, you know, the world got to see what we see on a daily basis. You know, a lot sure. of times it's the backup goalie. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you got to be ready, but it's it's not your job yet. It's not your it's not your show. Well, you know, Corpy said no. This is my show now. You know, and Elvis too. I mean, it's that's a tough decision right. for those for both. I don't want to you know knock both those guys, but obviously Corpy had a little bit more of the heavy lifting in the playoffs and and just ran with it. And I, you know, incredible to see. And it's such a good team guy. Both those guys. Uh, I'm so happy for him. You know, he's a, such a good person and uh, and really cares about being here and wanting to be here and. Uh, and I'm just thrilled for him that he had that kind of a, a performance. And uh, it was a real big reason why we had our success. They were our backbone this year. And uh, and now we're excited about taking another step. You know, everyone has to, myself yeah. included. You know, whether you're coming in and had a good rookie year or, you know, I'm eight years, you said nine years coming up. We Crazy. all have to take another step because obviously it wasn't good enough. I watched that team lift that cup yesterday and I hate watching that ceremony because mm. it just – Oh yeah. Just stabs you every single year in the heart when you see the other team lift it and knowing that, you know, especially the past four years, we've lost to the Stanley cup champion or Boston. Boston should have won probably two years ago, but didn't, Um, you know, so that, that, that's gotta be our emphasis now is sorry that we, you know, we're not far off. Look at the group we have, you know, we make some additions and some guys take more steps and man, we could be, we could be a force for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice to see Corpus Allo step up. You know, I work for the Monsters, um, and, you know, I, call it, I have a Calder Cup ring. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I like that. I like that. It was, uh, no, um, they actually no, called him out to center ice and, like, handed it. To, they're like, Chad Meyer. I did, it was before I did anybody was there, the, though. I, I did drink out of the Calder Cup that night. I'm not going to lie. Nice. And it was uh, awesome. That's but amazing. Anyway, um, but no, it, it was really nice to see Corpusalo uh, step up because back at the Monsters, Anton Forsberg yeah, was the number one right. goalie he took for over. the Monsters. Yeah. So, and, and he was, I mean, and he was scorching hot that entire Calder Cup playoffs. So it, it, it was, you know, and so nobody really knew what they were, what to expect from Corpusalo. So it was really nice to see him uh, get that action this year and, and really step up and be the goalie that everybody thought he could be. Yeah. But but it was nice to see that him finally show that. It's a great point. I forgot about Forsberg because I know I'm sure Corpy even used that as motivation to make sure that never happens yeah. again, you know, because, uh, you know, Fopa was outstanding in that playoffs for that team. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure Corpy watched him and, and, you know, was waiting for his time to, to shine, which he definitely did. It's awesome. Did you ever think you'd, you'd play in a game where a goalie had 85 saves? No. <laughs> I felt so bad. 85 saves. Like, the worst part is I'm like, man, Corpy, like, we were trying like it normally like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know how they got that many shots that's insane man i apologize you know like oh i felt bad i'm looking at him after for marks and puck marks and seeing if he had any come through but he he just you know and and the best part about corpy is i mean he could hide behind my finger he's so skinny yeah um yeah. So you, you see him after without his gear on and you're like how but he man he stood tall and was incredible incredible and was such a rock horse and gave us you know so much confidence every night to win so he's like the breakout star like the bubble breakout star kind of for uh for the jackets 
So, you know, you talked about it, just kind of that next, everybody's got to take that next step for the Jackets to, to you know, progress next year and to take it further than, than you took it this year. Uh, so, you know, who's, who's that next name that is the next breakout player that's currently with the Jackets? Who's that next breakout? I don't player? know. That's a good question. Um, you know, I still think there's more to Bjorki. Uh but I mean, he's shown that he can be an elite scorer. So, I mean, I think everyone's kind of seen that. Uh, I think, you know, Texier has a great opportunity. He's, he's a guy that mm, I think yeah. has a, has a, a knack for his competitiveness. And I think that'll take him a long way. I think he's learning how to be effective in our league, but I think he understands now after playing a full season, well, I mean, he got hurt, but the under, you know, having that understanding of, of a pro season and under his belt. Um, and he doesn't really get rattled by the, by the big moments. You know, he, he's just kind of an even keel guy and, and, and likes to compete. So I think that'll really help him in his career, probably, you know, excel sooner rather than later. Um, another guy I'm excited about is that foodie, uh, you know, Liam yeah. foodie. He, he was really yeah. impressive. You know, I think as he understands the pro game too, this kid's fresh out of junior, you know, and, and, yeah. and not even just a year, you know, a couple games in the regular season, then jumps into a playoff atmosphere. That's hard to do. You know, I, I, I give that kid a lot of credit because he scored a huge goal for us against Toronto. Was a good player in, in the whole series, and uh, and you know I think learned a lot about himself in the league by going through it. And I think he's going to be hungry to assert himself uh, as a starter on our team next year. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do because I mean he has world class speed. The kid can yeah. fly, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from there. And then Nick Foligno too. I think he's going to take it up another yeah. notch. Just too. a breakout. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to churn butter all the way down the ice. Oh, baby. I'm going to pull that one out <laughs> next year. Yes. You should. <laughs> if you churn butter while you leap, I think that's just going to be it. Like, you're just I, like, all right, I'm well done with celebration. Skate right off the ice. Done. I'm retiring. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't think I'm in position here to make demands, but I think it would be sweet for a – celebration where you crack open a garage beer Ooh. and drink it after Ooh. you score a goal. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm just think of that. I'm just throwing out there a garage beers goal celebration. Uh, if like, that happens, maybe like, if that happens, I would root for Columbus in a series over Pittsburgh. <laughs> maybe wow. like a game. Oh, hey, right. that's, a, right. that's a big that's reward. A big, that's a big moment. Yeah. That's one yeah. time, one wow. time. And it's like on, a game. We have it on record. You only need one time. Not like a second period goal, like a game winner. Yeah, we need oh, to yeah. see this on Sports Center. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I think I, I think I'd be all over if I crack a beer after I score and pop one. Be the Terrell Owens of. Uh, I didn't mean like a NHL. real beer. I just meant like you oh. just do the motion. Oh, I didn't mean oh, like yeah, like Stone Cold Steve Austin a beer out to you. I was gonna you. have a real beer on the bench and just crack it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Listen, if you do that. <laughs> I'll quit I'll the Penguins if you do lose, that. Might lose the C and might lose some sponsors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like, like just the motion and like right. it's just the garage right. beer celebrate. I, I, I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. Right. I'll think of something. I'll think of something. I'm throwing it out there. Um, uh, so uh, I do have a, a listener question. I had a listener, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of our show, PJ Nye. He wanted me to ask you about Felino's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you i live in cleveland we don't get felino's favorite well, that's commercials disappointing up here. that's really disappointing so yeah. are you, are i don't you know sure about that, that? 
Are you sure about that? I don't think we get Felino's um, favorite up here. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> Felino's favorite. That's my pie, man. Papa John's. That's uh, they asked me to make a pizza for them and uh, came up with the toppings that I like on pizza and. Uh, we've had a great partnership uh, ever since. Actually, unfortunately, it's ending this year. They, uh, they're switching partners, unfortunately, in Columbus. But uh, So it'll be uh, a little sad to say goodbye to them. But uh, it was a lot of fun. Unbelievable. What is Foligno's people. favorite? What, what are the topics? It's a pizza. So uh, you're going to put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> How about this? What do you like on pizza, Nick Foligno? <laughs> uh, so I got cheese, pepperoni, sausage, uh, jalapeno. Well, like a banana pepper jalapeno, yes. but they yes. went with banana pepper because okay. jalapeno is a little All too right. spicy. And uh, but it's a three cheese blend. That's what makes it. That's the flame's favorite. Three cheese blend. And oh, said like a true Canadian on, yeah. Italian. Yeah, said like a true. Yeah, I know yes. they're unbelievable and uh, just really, really cool for people to work with. Charles Burris here in town was an outstanding guy to work with at Papa John's, and we had a lot of fun making the the commercials. They made me look like somewhat of, a, of a, an actor. Not really, actually. I was terrible. Terrible. My well, acting not like your not celebration video. Since the celebration days. <laughs> terrible. And never will. Um, but they, they made me feel like I was a movie star. So that's all that matters. And uh, we had a lot of fun. But it's so funny the amount of people that will come up to me and say some of the, the, the catchphrases from the, the commercial. And it's pretty cute, the kids. So good times. One of them is, are you sure about that? That's why I asked you. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Because sure I'm supposed to, the one of them is I deliver a pizza to the house, but I can't open the box. And the guy's like, well, why don't you drop the gloves? And I'm like, you sure about that? Oh, oh. yeah, oh. no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Get it. Ah, that is. Yeah, Listen, it's, it's, I'm telling you, I got I, I think I think I was up for an Academy Award on that one. Yeah, sure. that is writing. I can see. Yeah. You were. You were. I, 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 I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. Confirmed. Yeah, yeah. confirmed. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. So I know you Fleo's said. Favorite. So I know you. So I know. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, make it myself. Make it at home. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, now I wanted to ask you. What? So you know, I, I know it like kind of stabs you in the heart. You know, you saw Tampa Bay win. Did you, I mean, did you watch it all? Did, like, did you still watch? Yeah, I watched. You but... left. I, yeah, I, I didn't watch any hockey until the finals. Not one thing. I, I just can't. Oh, really? It's just okay. too hard. Uh, I watch the highlights and see, like, but I won't watch a game. I won't sit through it. Okay, it's too fresh. What? But uh, but then yeah, yeah just seeing tough. Tampa hoisted, just yeah. I mean, I want to watch that because I want to do that. I I yeah. not and I say I we we need to do that. We need to experience that as a team. Uh, I want that for the guys in our group, our our city. I want that for our city. Um, because yeah, man, sure. what a celebration it would be. And, and everything that we've overcome as a group, you know, there's been a lot that's gone on with our team in the last little while we've gone through a lot. We have our core group that's intact is as solid as I've ever seen. Um, so I want that for these guys, you know, and, and I still think we're in a position to be a good team for a lot of years. Do you take a little credit for, for Tampa's victory this year? Oh, Absolutely. Because of what you did to him last year, yeah, yeah I know. And that, that I like put I didn't the wanna, chip on their shoulder. Yeah, oh, I was hoping that. Them. Yeah, yeah, but I was hoping that we could make that stand and, and you know show them it wasn't a fluke, and, and it wasn't. I mean, it was we we beat them fair and square. I mean, that was oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that was, and they'll admit it to this day too, which is nice. But it just it would have been nice to take that one away from because I think our team 
down the, you know, in the bubble against anyone, I would have taken us, you mm-hmm. know, we just would have been able to get past that, that, you know, that five, was it five overtime? I can't freaking remember. It was five overtime? Five yeah. overtime. Yeah. yeah. That game, 85 you know, I think games. it just took so going off five games against Toronto to go right into a five overtime game. Uh, you know, I hate admitting it, but just you could see it. We just ran out of a little bit of steam. We just didn't have the the juice. We would come back and win a huge game after, but then we just yeah. kind of hit a wall in that game three and just couldn't recover. And then, you know, more overtimes. And uh, I, was, I was disappointed for our group because I think if that didn't happen, I think we would have had the jam that we would have needed to get through them. Well, so now, oh, now I- oh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Uh, I know it's taking it back, but I, you know, I just kind of thought of the question, you, you, you know, we talked about a little bit about life in the bubble. Like what was, you know, for everybody out there, that's going to listen, what, what was a day in the life <laughs> in the bubble? What, like you woke up, you, you went and got breakfast, you got tested. Like what was, what was life like, you know, outside of just searching for sunshine? Yeah, it was ground. <laughs> it was groundhog day, the movie. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was you wake I up, bet. you wake up, you hit your alarm. And then, uh, it's a sunny and chair song. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, you literally get up. Uh, it was hard too. Cause like, uh, I'm going to make myself sound old for it, but as a dad, I'm up early. Like I, yeah. I can't sleep in, you know, I even, yeah. I slept in to like eight thirty, nine o'clock, which was sleeping in for me. And Congratulations. I get up. Yeah, thank you. And I get yeah. up and like my teammates are still sleeping until like 11 some days, 12. And I'd be like myself, David Savard, Gus Nyquist, and Cam Atkinson sitting, all the dads, <laughs> just like having a coffee, you know, like reading, like, reading the newspaper. Gerby, Nathan Gerby would be down there with us too. All the, literally all the dads, like it's hilarious. And like some single guy would come up and be like, what are you doing here, man? Can't sleep? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, but yeah, we do that. Like you get up, you go, but you had to go right away usually to go get tested. So you go into the testing protocol. They'd swab your nose, uh, which was so shitty after a while. Mm. Just got oh, sold. Um, but yeah, so we do pieces that. Of your bra- to- pieces <laughs> pieces brain of your matter. brain are still on there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Best part too is like some, look at the size of this nose. You can get some pretty good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but the the people like you know it's dry in the hotel or the guy you know guy got hit in the face like maybe blood sometimes you know they'd be swabbing you and they'd be pulling blood out of your nose you're like good grief hockey hockey player you're welcome <laughs> what do you want me to say you know? take a tooth while you're at it jesus yeah, yeah. but oh they're so funny and then like some ladies would tell you okay it's going to be about 15 seconds, you know, and they like count normal 15 seconds like anyone would not. And then you get some ladies that are by the book, one, 1,000. Oh, no. 1, I'm like, oh. are you kidding me right now? Just hurry up and do this. Let's I'm going to drop on. these gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, we had, <laughs> then you had to go and get your temperature taken and then they give you like a green pass to say that you were good to go. And then you had this on your phone and that'd be the way, you you know, mask on all the time. Then you go to the breakfast and you can never touch your own food. And you have these oh, yeah. stupid masks on, obviously. So you're trying to explain to people, and you look like an idiot. Like, more of that. And it's like, more of that. And more of that. And like, you know, <laughs> more of No, no, no. Too much. Too much. It's like, oh. it, was, it just got ridiculous after a while. I, pretty much, I just start pointing. I wouldn't even say anything. I just start pointing. And give have the, some uh, of the yellow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's but, what I uh, but yeah, it was, it was, that's literally, you know, and then go to practice, you get practice. I'm 
otherwise you have a meeting, uh, you know, stretch, get ready for the game and away you go. Eat, sleep, hockey, man. That's exactly, exactly what it was. Every hockey player's dream until you actually have to do it. And you're like, yeah, it's, right. uh, it's a little intense. So <laughs> well, it was fun though. Hey, listen, man, it was, it was really, truly awesome. Uh, and, and we appreciate you being a part of it. Uh, again, it brought us back these, this group of idiots that you're talking to. We started a sports <laughs> podcast during a pandemic. Uh, so we didn't have anything geniuses. to even talk about <laughs> for like months. So we appreciate you, guys, you. You were getting it all figured out until you could hit the ground running when sports came back. <laughs> that's smart. exactly right. We got all the hiccups out of the way. Working out all the bugs. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. No, you guys are great. Thank you so much for having me on. This was the yeah, blast. man. This was this was awesome. Thank you so much for being on, uh, Nick Foligno, uh, best laundry man uh, in the off season. Uh, he's out there. He's going to be. By the time it comes back in, I don't know, December, January, whenever that is, uh, okay. he will have fought several soccer moms while taking his kids to school. <laughs> hip check. Hip check. If I get, if I get looked at differently on the soccer field because of this, I'm going to kick you Yeah. Soccer moms <laughs> love the Garage Beers podcast. I do want to point that out. Soccer yeah, moms right. love the Garage right. Beers podcast. Uh, I love it. But, yeah, hey, next time you're in Cleveland, let us know. We'll get a beer. Uh, love it. But Nick Foligno, captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you, Nick. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. And that was the incredible, incomparable, uh, best laundry chore man in the Columbus area, the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Nick Foligno. We are so grateful for his time, and, and man, what an entertaining uh, and wonderful guy uh, to jump on the podcast with us and uh, – uh, uh, certainly a guy you, you come away from this podcast just thinking I want to just go have a beer with Nick Felino. just a, a an overall good dude uh, that just gave us an incredible amount of time and uh, and we're so grateful to him so thank you to Nick Felino. Uh you will catch him on the Blue Jackets whenever they decide to bring back the season I, I don't know that they've got to have some level of an, of an off season uh, but you can actually you can also catch him on Twitter uh, and make sure you go look up his video of the Nick Felino celebration uh, preparation from his first season in Ottawa. You do not want to miss that. It is hilarious. So before we get out of here today, uh, again, we haven't really uh, – our guests, we've had amazing guests, Mo Hall earlier this week, Nick Felino tonight. We kind of have ignored, uh, you know, the Browns. Um, so we are going to take a minute to just talk about our two-and-one Cleveland Browns who – uh, you know, I think we'll talk a minute about last week and we'll talk a minute about uh, 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 the upcoming week against the Cowboys. But uh, last week, the Browns, uh, a two-touchdown win over the Washington football team. And, and I'm just going to go back to what, I, what I've said constantly, right? Winning football games in the, NF, in, in the NFL is not easy. And there's a lot of people that just started picking on the Browns for, oh, you know, Baker only threw for a hundred and some yards or, or uh, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. The bottom line is like, they just beat another NFL team by two touchdowns. Like you don't, you can't ask for more than that. That that's great. You just won by two touchdowns. Like, why do we, why do we keep like, why do we think we should be beating these teams by 40 points? After two decades of terrible football, mostly terrible football, Sorry, we were ten and six in two thousand seven. No playoffs. After, but after Jim two, Sorge, you two decades, asshole. 
<laughs> but after two decades of terrible football, it amazes me how a lot of Browns fans can just simply cannot enjoy a win. Like, do the, do the, do the Browns have improvements to make? Of course. What team doesn't have improvements to make? You know who knows that? You, what, you know who knows what they need to improve on better than anyone? The Browns. <laughs> we're, we're two and one. And here's okay? the other thing. Just enjoy being thing. two and one. In the NFL, you need to throw the ball and run the ball. Every <laughs> freaking time Baker Mayfield yeah. throws the ball, all I see is just like a plethora of tweets out there that go, run the damn ball. What are you doing? Baker Mayfield threw the ball 22 times in that game. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like the week before, the week before, how many times, how many times did Haskins throw the ball? A ton. The week before, uh, Joe Burrow yeah. threw the ball 60 times. Baker Mayfield threw the ball 22 right. times. And I actually, I will say this. I like this system that the Browns are running now or this philosophy. They are, again, you think of like pat, run to open up the pass. They kind of start mm-hmm. off a little more pass heavy and it is, it is working. It's opening up the run. You, they get better in the run game as the game goes on. And I think it's really cool because they are more focused on the run as the game goes on. And I think that's, I think it's unique and I think it's, I think it's awesome and it's working for them. Yeah. It's because people are expecting the run now. So I, you know, I, I think that's why they plan to open, you know, I, I text you a little or in the, in, in, you know, earlier in the game, I was like, man, we seem to be throwing the ball a lot, but that's really what it was though. I think, I think they, you know, I think coach Stefanski is really smart in that teams are expecting us to run. So if you come out and throw it, guys are going to be open. Uh, so, but you know, and eventually it allows, it opens things up. It, it spreads seems out a little bit further. Um, it spreads teams out, like, you know, so they're not keying on the run as much. And that's why Chubb was able to come away with 100-plus yards. I mean, we ran for almost another 200 yards yeah, that game. So, yeah, I, I, I do. I like, I like what is going on with the Browns right now in their system. And, and I've said a lot. They're, defensively, they're going to have to be bend but don't break. Um, but, you know, here's the other thing. Especially in this period of time where you're still getting guys back from injury and we're still you're not gonna get everybody back from injury. Grant Delpit isn't coming back. Right. He's not gonna play. You know, so while you're still getting guys back from injury, um, you know, you can either go bend but don't break, or you can do what they did this week. Six turnovers. Like right. just just a plethora of turnovers. They made they were making good defensive plays. Miles Miles Garrett, that strip sack and recovery, Ooh. spectacular. Uh Miles Garrett, yes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. The interceptions were great. Uh, um, that Malcolm Smith interception was awesome. The way he came off of his read and, and undercut the ball. What are you making faces for? Again, you're, I, again, I, accept uh, a victory. Enjoy. Interceptions are good. No, no, no. I know they're good. I know they're good. I know they're good. But I, I just, I think that was more of a product of Haskins making it easy for our defense. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing when our, our guys can read their, their quarterback's eyes. But I think, it's, I think that was more of a product of Haskins still trying to figure it out. And that's you fine. Either you way, should, either way it worked. Because, well, that's, and, and that's what I was gonna, about to say is, you know, defense is good or bad in the NFL. Take advantage of bad quarterbacks. And that's exactly what happened with uh, Dwayne Haskins. He, he was staring down his receivers, and we were able to get, what, three picks, four picks, three picks, four, four picks out of it? Yeah. 
four picks out of it. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and that's what defenses, NFL defenses should do. You know, but, I mean, going forward, yeah, sure. Uh, I well, mean, uh, the, 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 need, the need for impact linebackers on this team is astonishing, like very overwhelming. But this is what we're going to have to deal with this year is, is, is this type of defense, this bend-but-don't-break type defense. So, uh, you know, you talked about uh, different challenges. They're going to face one this week. So the 2-1 and one Cleveland Browns are going to go play the Dallas Cowboys, who, um, you know, have looked, have looked pretty good. They've had some good comeback victories. Uh, and that offense, again, you've got, you've got Dak, you've got CeeDee Lamb, you've got Amari Cooper, you've got Ezekiel Elliott. You've got an incredible offense and a really, really bad defense. Uh, their defensive line. Yeah. It, actually, the, the, the Cowboys defense is probably the most similar defense right now to the Browns. Uh, the Cowboys yeah. defense is pretty good up front. They've got good pass rushers. Uh, what Alton Smith had like three yeah. sacks in the last game. They, they get to the quarterback pretty yeah. well, mm-hmm. but their corners and their linebackers, uh, not so good. Not, not, not very right. good. So – uh, defensively, right. I think both of these teams are pretty similar. Offensively, weapons right. everywhere. Weapons everywhere. Right. So, so right. I, I think we're in – I think there's this weird thing that like, oh, the Cowboys are just going to be better. I don't think so. I no. think this is going to be a, no. an incredibly even matchup. I think it's going to be an incredibly even right. matchup. I, I'm expecting major ball control and time and running time off the clock type possessions yes. from the Browns. Like eight this week. minute possessions. Just because, yeah. Just because that Cowboys offense is lethal and can score in a hurry. So I, I'm, I'm fully expecting this Browns offense to take time off the clock, run that play clock down to, 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 to set five to seven seconds and, and snap the ball just because you want to keep that ball out of this Dallas offense's hands. Well, and I think, listen, I think, uh, this might be one of those games where, you know, the Browns have scored 30 points in back-to-back weeks. I don't even know when the last time that happened was. 14, <laughs> yeah, I know. 76. Uh, but I don't think you want that in this one. I don't think you want that in this one. I think, I think for the Browns to have a, a, the best chance to win, to win, I think the Browns score 21 to 24 points. And right. And they they control. And that's not because their defense is playing well, right? Yeah, and that's not because their defense is playing well. It's because the their the offense is taking time off the clock and scoring points. Absolutely. Yeah, but it should be should be wildly entertaining again, uh, Joe. The the Cowboys, they the weapons on that offense. um, You know, look out, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I will say the Browns' run defense has looked okay, Um, but all the weapons that Dak Prescott has to work with. Uh, I don't know, Joe, what are you feeling about this upcoming game? That's a pretty tough matchup. Um, I <laughs> don't see the Browns winning it. Um, I would like to see them keep it close and not get blown out. I think that the Cowboys have a pretty elite offense, but they are susceptible to some issues like the head four fumbles in the first quarter against Atlanta, which is, you know, maybe something that the Browns can capitalize on. Um, They've had to come back in a good amount of games pretty early on. So uh, I I think it's a pretty tough matchup for the Browns. I think if we can control the ball though, um, 
win the possession game, I think we have a pretty good chance of winning. But that's a, that's gonna be a tough one for sure. Yeah, I think I think it should be. I think when it's all said and done, it's set up to be probably one of the most entertaining games the Browns are going to play this entire year. Again, I think these two teams are almost mirrors of each other. I think I think it, incredible offenses with talent everywhere. Again, we we always downplay what we have, but you know the other team is looking at our team going. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hoop. Like, it is crazy what you have to deal with when you play the Browns. And, and again, it kind of feels like that with the Cowboys. All the, all the talent they have offensively and defensively, both of these teams are a little Swiss cheesy at the moment. So I think it's set up to be an incredible, fun game to watch. Down in Dallas, where they're going to have some fans in the stadium, uh, it should be a good – it should be a good uh, – entertaining game and uh yeah we'll see i don't know i i i think it's such a toss-up like for me this game is the toss-up because i think they both are so similar that you know dallas wins cleveland wins i i i I find it almost impossible to pick which means i'm gonna pick the browns because duh uh and so uh but i but i will stick with my thing I, i think this is like a 24 to 24 to 17 game Oh, I was yeah. gonna say yeah. some more in like the thirties, like thirty-five, thirty, or something like that. Yeah, I think if it's in the thirties, the Browns have a much lower shot to win. I think I think this is all about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and controlling, like Chad said, controlling the time of possession, the ground game, just grinding out like eight or nine minute drives uh, that result in touchdowns. That I think is the key for success for the Browns, uh, and especially. And I think I think the the best thing about the Browns so far has been before we get to Chad and his his thoughts. I think the best thing about the Browns so far is that one two punch of Chubb and Hunt, and the fact that Chubb does so much of the workhorse stuff in the in the first part of the game and even into the third quarter, and then you just stick Kareem Hunt in there. Like good luck to a defense. Good luck. Right. The, Kareem Chubb is awesome. And then Kareem Hunt comes in relatively fresh. Good luck. Like, I don't know how you deal with that. So uh, I think that's the kind of game the Browns have to play to win. I think if it's, if it's a lower scoring game, it favors the Browns, even though we have all the weapons on offense, Uh, but you really want to want to grind off time off that clock against this, this defense. So uh, that's my thought. Chad, what do you got? Yeah, I think this is just going to be a grinded out type victory. I mean, if if you get in, I, I think if the Browns get into a shootout, as Mike's flexing, I like it. Uh, you said victory. I think, uh, I, could you imagine if we were three and one? Oh, it's a victory. What? Oh, this is going to be a th- this is going to be a grinded out victory. If you, if you get into a shootout with the Cowboys, then I, I think you're going to lose. But if you're able, if they're able, like you said, Mike, to control the time of possession take time off the clock, just long sustained drives that turn into points. It's going to work out good for you because, you know, as I pointed out earlier, that Cowboys offense is lethal. You need, you must keep the ball out of their hands as much as you possibly can. So, uh, I mean, God, uh, (laughs) Browns, Browns, 27, uh, Cowboys, 21. Uh, I, I think that's where, all right. I think that's where I'm at. I think that's I think, where I'm at. I think it's going to be insanely entertaining, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna end it on that note. Uh, hopefully, the Browns get that win. But 
Again, let's go back for a minute and, and give out our thank Joey you. Joey doesn't to, get a prediction? Joey doesn't prediction. get a prediction? He gave hey, a prediction. prediction. Oh, hey, welcome, okay. welcome to the podcast, Chad. We've only been doing this for like an hour and 40 minutes. Sorry, I blacked out. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so uh, so that's going to do it for us here on the Garage Beers podcast. A huge thank you again goes to the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Nick Foligno. Uh, find him on Twitter at Nick Foligno uh, as – uh, he's an entertaining, as you heard tonight, super entertaining. He's entertaining online as well. Uh, but for for Joey down there in Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers Joe on Twitter, for Chad on the east side of Cleveland, at Garage Beers Chad, I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers Mike. Go follow our show page at The Garage Beers. Follow us on Instagram at The Garage Beers and follow our Facebook page as well. Subscribe and uh, and give us a rating And we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you to you that listened. And uh, until our next episode, cheers, everybody. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get Thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, import expenses, additional restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.